The Torah content from now through Pesach has been sponsored by the Kofsky family in loving memory of Adira, who loved big ideas and asking big questions. Hello, I'm Rabbi Matt Schneeweiss, and this is the audio version of the four-page article I wrote and published on my Substack at rabbischneeweiss.substack.com on July 12th, 2023, and the article is entitled, Freddie Mercury, Shadal, and the Crisis of Human Finitude. Section 1, Freddie Mercury's Final Years. Last night, I saw the movie Bohemian Rhapsody for the first time. In the final act, Mercury reunites with his bandmates for the Live Aid concert. At the end of their first rehearsal, he informs them of his great secret. He has AIDS. Upon seeing the sadness and sympathy in the, in the eyes of his friends, Freddie chastises them, saying, quote, Please, if any of you fuss about it or frown about it, or worst of all, if you bore me with your sympathy, that's just seconds wasted. Seconds that could be used making music, which is all I want to do with the time I have left. I don't have time to be anybody's victim, AIDS poster boy, or cautionary tale. No, I decide who I am. I'm going to be what I was born to be, a performer that gives the people what they want, a touch of the heavens, Freddie effing Mercury, end quote. Strange as it may sound, my first association upon hearing this was not to the teachings of Stoicism, nor to the words of Shlomo HaMelech and Kohelas, but to a passage from the personal correspondence of Shadal. Section 2, Shadal's Final Years. This past Shabbos, I began reading, Let Him Bray, the Stormy Correspondence of Samuel David Lutato and Elia Benamoseg by Daniel A. Klein, originally published in Chakira, available as a PDF, and republished as an appendix to his Shadal and Numbers, published in 2023 by Kodesh Press. First, some context. In 1826, Shadal wrote Vikuach al-Chachmat HaKabbalah, in which he presented his arguments against the authenticity and validity of the Zohar and its, t- and its teachings. Klein explains why the correspondence between Shadal and Benamozeg didn't erupt decades earlier. Quote, Concerned that publicizing these views might undermine the simple faith of the pious, Shadal withheld the Vikuach from publication until 1852. This is one reason why Elia Benamozeg offered no response to it in 1826. The other reason is that in 1826, Benamozeg was only three years old. End quote. Ben Amozeg, himself a Kabbalist, published a lengthy refutation of the Vikuach in 1862 entitled Tam Lashad, a reference to the Torah's description of the man in Bamidbar 11.8, Kitam Lashad Hashamin, the flavor of soft oiled dough, doubling as a pun, meaning reasoning in response to Shin Dalid, as in Shmuel David, aka Shadal. Ben Amozeg subsequently wrote a pamphlet in which he criticized Shadal's overall approach to Judaism. Klein writes, Quote, Shadal made no public response to this provocation, but he gave vent to his feelings in a letter to an unidentified third party. Expressing his preference to refrain from attacking Ben Amozeg in the open, Shadal said, Penso laschiarlo ragliare, I intend to let him bray. End quote. When word of this remark reached Ben Amozeg, he wrote a letter to Shadal in the spirit of the verse, Do not hate your brother in your heart. You shall surely rebuke a memory of your people, and you shall not bear a sin. From Vayikras 19.17. This letter sparked a fiery correspondence between the two men, which lasted from 1863 through 1864. Klein provides an important piece of background information about this time period in a footnote. Quote, Shadal was 63 and in failing health when he wrote this letter, and in fact, he had only two more years to live. A few months previously, he had written to one of his students, I am exhausted by old age and by melancholy. Nevertheless, I persevere in my work. I do not wish to lose a solitary day, for who knows how few are the days left in me. I must consolidate my work and get it published. End quote. It was Shadal's initial response to, to Ben Amozeg, which I associated to upon hearing the words of Melech's Mercury. Shadal begins, quote, Most esteemed friend, I received some time ago the Tom Lashad, and I did not write you so as not to enter into u- useless disputes. 
I was asked if I intended to respond, and I said no, and so it is. The little, the little life and strength that are left to me, I wish to employ in endeavoring to leave to posterity a little more truth and a little less error, and not in further controversies. Let anyone combat me who so desires. Let anyone mistreat me at his pleasure. I will not waste my time in defending myself. I would be deflected from my mission, which is to discover new things. As long as there exists one verse in the Holy Scriptures that is not understood exactly, I must not think of defending my writings. Truth and time will defend them. Despite knowing that Shadal, end quote, despite knowing that Shadal wrote these letters in a characteristically flowery and passionate Italian style, my eyes still teared up when I read his words. What nobility! What humility in the face of human finitude! What a sense he conveyed of the gravity of responsibility articulated in Chazal's statement in Avos 2.16, Lo alacha hamalacha ligmor, velo atab ben chorin libatal mimena. The labor is not upon you to complete, nor are you free to be idle from it. Here was a man who knew who he was and lived his life deliberately. My intention is not to equate Shadal with Freddie Mercury, as depicted in the film, God forbid. But there is one respect in which both men are equal. Sensing they were close to death, each decided to be what he was born to be, committed himself to living that life, and vowed not to waste what precious time he had left. This, in turn, led me to reflect on my own life. Section 3. My Final Years God willing, I have many years of life left in me. But I have no way of knowing whether God wills this. As Gandalf the Grey said, that is not for us to decide. All we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given us. For me, these past three years post shall have it, Allah shalom, have been about fulfilling Dolly Parton's injunction, find out who you are and do it on purpose. I honestly can't tell whether I'm still in the exploratory phase of that journey, or whether I'm in the implementation phase, or whether the two are the same, or whether they're different, but there's no real way to tell the difference, or whether I'm misguided in my attempt to even try to discern the difference. All I know is that I'm on the right track, or at least I try to be on the right track, and I write myself whenever I realize I veered. That is the most I can do. Three things have happened over the past year or so which changed my relationship with my own mortality. The first event that happened was this past January 10th when I turned 39. I am now living out my 40th year of existence, which is half of the mighty lifespan, according to the verse in Tehillim 90.10. The days of our years are among, among them are 70 years, and if with might, 80 years. When your tank is at least halfway empty, there's no denying the inevitability that it will one day be completely empty. The second thing that happened to me is that a bunch of people in my life died. First and foremost among them was my Rebbe, Rabbi Moskowitz, Zechert Tzadik Livracha, in May 2022. This was followed in spring 2023 by the deaths of Popo, my grandmother, 1924 to 2023, Adira, my student, 2004 to 2023, Julie Bass, my Talmud's mother, 1969 to 2023, and Alan, my friend, also 1924 to 2023. Their passing affected my relationship with death and in turn, with life. It also made me cognizant of how all the people in my life are aging and won't be here forever. The third thing that quote-unquote happened was my deliberate decision to focus on the passage of time and on my own mortality, an awareness which I've cultivated through a variety of personal practices. I have prioritized this perspective for a while now, but my efforts took on a sense of heightened urgency this year. For whatever reason, the words of Freddie Mercury and Shadal pushed an unasked question into the foreground. What is my mission in the time I have left? For Freddie, it was making music and being a performer that gives the people what they want, a touch of the heavens. For Shadal, it was to leave to posterity a little more truth and a little less error, and to discover new things. I don't know that I'm ready to distill my goals and objectives into one or two sentences. 
I don't even know whether it's a good idea to do that or to remain maximally open at this juncture of my personal and professional life. But I do have at least three goals I know I want to prioritize over the next year or two. Goal number one, I want to write a book on Mishle. I announced this goal publicly for the first time in my shir entitled Rabbi Moskowitz's Approach to Asia's Chayel. I've been learning Mishle since before I converted to Judaism 23 years ago, and I've been teaching Mishle ever since the beginning of my teaching career. I began recording my Mishle shirim just under three years ago, and I have accumulated around 450 of those recordings. But that's not enough. I want to write a book to spread the Der Halimud, the methodology I learned from my Rebbe and developed over the years. I want to make the ideas of Mishle accessible to the world, and I have a feeling that one of the few people, uh, that I'm one of the few people who is in a position to do this justice. This is the most concrete of my goals. Goal number two, I want to play with Torah. I wrote about this in my recent article, Octopuses, MDMA, and the Ecstasy of Torah, and I don't have much more to say than what I said there, only that if I don't muster up the courage to do this now, the type of courage Freddie Mercury and Shadal displayed throughout their lives, then I'll slip back into the old mode of worrying about what people will think, which will only waste more of what precious little time I have left. Goal number three, I want to discover. Shadal's particular mission statement really resonated with me. Not the part when he said, as long as there exists one verse in the Holy Scriptures that is not understood exactly, I must not think of, un- of defending my writings. That's too ambitious for someone of my limited caliber. I'm referring to the part where he said that his mission is to discover new things. One of my Talmudim asked me a question I'll never forget. What is your favorite flavor of Torah? By which he meant, what type of Torah do you seek in everything you learn and teach? What excites you in Torah? What keeps you coming back for more? Right away, I knew the answer. I love the process of discovering new ideas which completely transform the way I view Torah, reality, and myself, and have an impact on the way I live. It's not even about making objectively new discoveries that haven't been made by anybody else. It's about making discoveries that are new to me and illuminate my mind. Bonus points if they illuminate the minds of others. Those are the three goals that come to mind on this cool Seattle summer night. If I can keep my eye on those three goals while remaining open to whatever Hashem has in store for me, then I think I'll be able to say that this time has been well spent. Concluding thoughts. Shlomo HaMelech says in Kohelis 3.11, Es hakol asa yafeh ve'ito, gam es ha'olam nasan blibam, mibli asher lo yimtza ha'adam es ha'mase asher asa ha'elohim mirosh ve'adzof. God made everything beautiful in its time. He has also placed eternity into their hearts, that man not comprehend the work which God has made from beginning to end. Ibn Ezra explains, quote, Human beings busy themselves as though they will live forever. And because of their busyness, they do not contemplate the work of God from beginning to end, end quote. That, busy, that busyness is a killer. I mean that in a quasi-literal sense. The busyness is what propels us through life, consuming day after day, only to realize that we've suddenly reached the bottom of the barrel. We would do well to read the entirety of Seneca's On the Shortness of Life, but we'll have to contend ourselves with a single paragraph. Quote, It is because you live as if you would live forever. The thought of human frailty never enters your head. You never notice how much of your time is already spent. You squander it as though your store were full to overflowing, when in fact, the very day of which you make a presence to someone or something may be your last. Like the mortal you are, you are apprehensive of everything, but your desires are unlimited as if you were immortal. Many a man will say, after my 50th year, I shall retire and relax. My 60th year will release me from obligations. And what guarantee have you that your life will be longer? Who will arrange that your program shall proceed according to plan? Are you not ashamed to reserve for yourself only the tail end of life and to allot to serious thought only such time as cannot be applied to business? How late an hour to begin to live when you must depart from life? What stupid obliviousness to mortality to postpone counsels of sanity to the 50s or 60s with the intention of beginning life at an age few have reached? End quote. 
The remedy is beautifully expressed by Oliver Berkman in 4,000 Weeks, Time Management for Mortals. Quote, Our obsession with extracting the greatest future value out of our time blinds us to the reality that, in fact, the moment of truth is always now, that life is nothing but a succession of present moments culminating in death, and that you'll probably never get to a point where you feel you have things in perfect working order, and that therefore you had better stop postponing the quote-unquote real meaning of your existence into the future and throw yourself into life now, end quote. Freddie Mercury was forced to confront this reality by his illness. Shadal presumably recognized it on an intellectual level long before, though I'm sure it hit him differently in his 60s than it did in his 50s, 40s, and 30s. The best the rest of us can hope to do is to keep this truth at the forefront of our minds, using the tools given to us by the Torah and whatever other means we can muster, and reminding ourselves whenever we realize we've forgotten. It's going to take a constant fight, but we'll keep on fighting till the end.